Listener discretion is advised. Uber says it has no plans to change how it screens drivers after the deadly shooting spree in Kalamazoo, Michigan. A prosecutor says Uber driver Jason Brian Dalton admitted he gunned down and killed six people Saturday. Two others were wounded, including a 14-year-old girl who's in critical condition. I know that you guys are going to have a hard time believing this, but it literally took over mind and body. The Uber app? Yes. It was red when I first started. Okay. I switched from red to black. Okay. And it's in that, in that black mode. Yeah. It literally has control of you. Greetings, humans. I, I, I have no idea why I started like that. Welcome to the Professionally Silly Podcast. I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And uh, if you're a new listener, welcome to the silly. And for this episode, the holy shit... Um, this is the podcast where you can experience the internet audibly. We discuss ghost stories, true crime, hilarious news stories, and things that make you go, what the fuck? So (laughs) hosted by me, a comedian trapped in her studio apartment with a cat who seems to be over me at this point. My cat's like, bitch, why are you always here now? Um, (laughs) I think most of our pets are. Uh, First things first. Shout out to all of my listeners, new and returning. You guys rock my ankle socks right the fuck off. I appreciate the shit out of you for stopping by. I do. So I am, I woke up this morning and I noticed I had a little something extra in my bank account because a bitch got her stimulus check. (laughs) Yes. Now I won't lie. I was hella surprised when I saw it, um, when I saw that it arrived, you know, I I was definitely one of those people who didn't believe it was actually coming. And if it did, um, I wouldn't want, you know, they would want us to pay it back and she probably with interest, you know what I'm saying? So I love my country. I do. But one thing I fully understand is that nothing, or at least, (laughs) at least not yet, (laughs) or not much is free. You know, healthcare sure as fuck isn't. All right. So no, I wasn't expecting a handout from anyone, especially with the current president, you know, a man that has made his fortune off of others his entire life. So yeah, I accepted his bribe. I did. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, stimulus check. Uh, (laughs) My mama didn't raise no fool. Okay. Bitch got to eat. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But um, I'm still not a supporter of Donald Trump, in case you guys haven't figured out what I was talking about. Um, you know, and living in Los Angeles, the amount that I received, honestly, isn't even enough to cover the average one month rent here. Hell, studio apartments here are about 1300 honestly. So, you know, and a lot of them are tiny, have roaches, annoying neighbors, and, you know, gang activity in the area. <sighs> the real Los Angeles. Smells like piss, but weed is legal. So, you know, you got to fight your battles on that one. Um, But um, yeah, so check your accounts, the ones that you used uh, to get your tax returns directly deposited into. You should see your stimulus uh, check deposited this week if you're eligible, but whatever the fuck that means. But I got mine. So uh. now there's a lot of rumors that you have to pay it back. And then there's also rumors that you don't have to pay it back. I haven't spent any of it yet. I'm trying to do my research on what the truth is first okay because if I gotta pay it back it's like ugh, I'm not gonna spend it <laughs> nope <laughs> not gonna uh, get in no debt no thank you all right I'm already in debt I'm good okay so back to the podcast last week we talked about Robert the doll 
who we touched on a bit uh, during my horror movies inspired by true events part two he inspired the chucky series in part one and two of horrors of horror movies inspired by true events we discussed several movies and it was a ton of fun a lot of work for me though it took days <laughs> to research that so definitely take a listen um so many movies are inspired by true stories. It's fucking crazy. So this week, we are going to talk about something that is creepy as fuck because it could happen anywhere to anyone, especially because so many of us rely on these companies or, you know, others just like it, you know. So today we are going to talk about the Uber killer. Yes, that Uber, the rideshare company. That's what we're going to talk about. So it's going to be a true crime episode. So before we jump into that hot mess, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device, hook a sister up with five stars. You know, I'm saying in a written review on the Professionally Silly podcast on Apple Podcasts, you know, the more reviews I get, the better chances that my podcast has on getting discovered by others, which I'm down for because I would love to have more listeners. So in other amazing news, if you want to join in on the silly, you can always call slash text my Google voice number as well. I want to hear what you got to say. Um, 805-664-1828. I don't know why I'm singing everything today. That is so weird. Um, The number is also down in the show notes. So I've got some fun information to share with you guys. This past Sunday, I posted my latest YouTube video. Um, We will see how it goes with this pandemic. But I promise you guys, during this time, I will do my best to uh, keep you entertained and smiling. Because that's my job as a content creator. You know what I'm saying? So I got you back, pro silly listeners and viewers. Make sure that you guys uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Professionally Silly, and enjoy the silly visually. Bam. All right. So let's get uh, Professionally Silly, baby. Okay. So this episode was crazy researching, especially since I use rideshare apps religiously. The idea that your driver could or would cause you harm is terrifying to think about. But when you think about it, we've been told since we were kids not to even talk to strangers online or strangers at all. And these days, it's all we do. We even accept rides from strangers to get around. Ride sharing is organized hitchhiking when it comes down to it. It's one of those things that has just become the everyday. The thing our parents warned us about is now how the entire world runs. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So this took place back in 2016 in February, which really isn't that long ago in Kalamazoo County, Michigan. Jason Dalton, who was 45 years old at the time, was an Uber driver, mechanic, and insurance adjuster who took the lives of six people and injured two others. Now, around four o'clock in the afternoon on February 20th, 2016, a young man named Matt Mellon 
used his Uber app to request a ride, something I'm sure he's done many times without incident. Now, shortly, a silver Chevy Equinox shows up to pick him up and drive him to his next location, a friend's house. But when he got into the car, Matt ended up with the ride of his life. His Uber driver, Jason Dalton, began to drive super erratically. It was as if something triggered him, but he also seemed calm at the same time. So the car reached over 70 miles per hour. I think it's about 80 miles per hour or more. Jason sped through the stop signs, driving towards oncoming traffic, while Matt, his passenger, was begging to be let out. But Jason just kept on driving. And at one point, he even drove through a median strip and sideswiped a car as well. I, I can imagine as the passenger, that would have been scary as fuck too, uh, to, just to be a part of. I don't even know what I would have done. I probably would have freaked out just like Matt did. Now, the moment that Jason came to a complete stop, Matt jumped out of the car and called the police. Now, these 911 calls pissed me the fuck off. First of all, okay, (laughs) he had to be transferred to three different dispatchers. Something about jurisdiction or whatever. I don't know. It's just ridiculous to me. So we had, he had to, uh, to repeat his story three different times to three different people. And you can imagine how much time that wasted and how many lives that could have been saved had that not been the case. So take a listen to these 911 calls and um, where he was transferred three different times. And by the way, uh, shout out to M Live YouTube channel for this call. He this this uh, this channel found I mean, I think every phone call that was called in about this uh, about this particular car and this driver. County emergency. Hi, I'd like to report a crazy driver. I just got an Uber to my friend's house. And uh, on the way there, he was driving neurotic down um, West Main. He hit a car. He drove through the woods. And I finally just jumped out. Where is this at? um, Where are you at? I'm on Huron Street. Okay. I I got his license plate number when I jumped out of the car. Where did you jump out of the car at? No, I, I mean, he stopped because I was like, this is my destination, this is my destination. So I got out of the car, and uh, it was like a block from where my actual destination was, but I just had to get out of the car because okay. I was scared. He was driving 50, 60 miles an hour. He hit a car. He drove through the, the median, and it was crazy. Okay, and this happened on West Main? Yeah, yeah. Drove through what median? There's that big patch of grass. He drove through that. Okay, just a second. Let me get your right place, okay? Stay in line. Nichols area. Nine one one. Where's your emergency? Hi, I would like to report a an erratic driver. Erratic driver. Where at? Um. Well, I just got out of the car. I ordered an Uber. And then he was like driving extremely fast. He hit a car, um, and then I got out. Um, he, he dropped me off at a block from my destination. He wouldn't pull over and let me out. Where did he hit and, the car at, sir? Um, on West Main Hill. He 
blew the stop sign, went left, and uh, side-flicked the car, and then he kept driving. Okay. I need to transfer you one more time. I'm going to transfer you to the city because that's where the accident actually occurred, so hang on one second. Okay. City of Champion erratic Uber driver. He was just riding with him, and they side First off, okay, all three of those 911 dispatchers did not seem to give two shits what he was saying, especially the first and the third dispatchers. That last one was a bitch and a half. The fuck? Okay, you could hear in his voice the frustration each time he had to repeat the story. It must have been tiring having to repeat that same thing to three different people in such a small amount of time. You know, and and it still not make a difference in the future outcome. You know, not to mention he himself had just experienced something pretty wild. So he was, you know, good God. And I know that no one is able to tell the future. No one could have possibly known that Jason Dalton was going to do what he did. But I guess the true question is, if the dispatchers didn't have to transfer him three different times, would that have made a difference? He, he explained to the operator uh, that Jason was driving erratically and he sideswiped a car, but he basically had to jump out of the car to get away from him. And the operator sounded like, <laughs> like he was like their husband telling them about his old football glory days for the 15th time in the last three weeks. Like <laughs> they didn't give a shit when he was saying, <laughs> it's just very frustrating. Now, <laughs> Throughout the night, the dispatchers in the in their area, uh, they, they got extremely busy. Matt was not the only person to phone 911 about this crazy driver in the silver Chevy Equinox. They were receiving calls about this man all night long from citizens in that county. Now, I don't I don't think these calls were taken seriously enough, at least not a lot of them. You know, at least judging by the the phone call that the phone calls that we just heard, you know, I um, if you take if you want to take a listen to the other phone calls that were made, make sure you guys check out the link that that I provided in the um, in the show notes below and uh, check out M live YouTube uh, channel. Check that out. The link down there for that particular video is there and uh, their channel focuses on the news stories and things like that in the state of Michigan. 
so yeah, the link to the 911 calls are below. Uh, now, this was around the time Uber had just started to take off. Okay, they didn't think that they they did they didn't have the same safety measures that they do now. I know, I, I don't know about you guys, but. I screenshot and send that information to a friend just in case when I use rideshare apps. It's just, I don't play games, y'all. Okay, true crime junkie over here. I, I'm, I'm paranoid about everything, and that's why I am alive. I am suspicious about everyone at all times. <laughs> you know, but okay, so back to it. Um, so while Matt was on the phone, Jason called his wife and uh, to trade his Chevy Equinox for his wife's car. Now, my assumption is that he did this so he would not be easily recognizable, which to me shows he's trying not to get caught. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, they agreed to meet at his parents' house. Now, on the way there, he accepted another rideshare request from a woman who wanted to go to Richland Township Apartments Complex. Now, I don't know where that is, but if you're listening from that area in Michigan, weird, right? Okay, <laughs> it's right around the corner from you. Isn't that insane? Oh, my God. <laughs> I like my listeners to feel like we're buddies. Yeah, uh, isn't that fucking crazy, Rachel? Right around the corner from you. Damn, right next to the Applebee's. I don't know if there's an Applebee's there. I'm making this up. Okay, getting back to it. So Jason had a hard time locating the woman that he was supposed to pick up. So he drove around the apartment complex um, a little looking for her. Now, being the Uber driver we all want. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times a driver canceled a ride or refused to pick up the phone when we couldn't locate each other. That shit is annoying as hell because then you have to get a new ride and you have to wait longer and it's like a pain in the ass. But um, in hindsight, at least they weren't serial killers as far as we know. Now he, he sees a woman, Tiana Carruthers, walking down the street with five kids, including her own daughter. Jason pulls up to her asking if she was the passenger that he was looking for. She told him no, and he left. But then he turned the car around, aimed his gun at her, and fired multiple times. Now she screams for the children to run and not to stop, which is probably the best advice you can give if something like that is happening. Because hopefully the person shooting isn't good at shooting moving targets, you know? But I'm no expert, and I've also never been in that particular situation. Now, 15 shots were fired. The children, thank God, they managed to get away, but Tiana was not lucky. She was shot four times. Now, she was shot in her legs, causing one of them to break her arm and back. Now, one of the bullets went through her buttocks and lodged in her liver, but my girl pulled through, and she also saved six young lives in the process including her daughter. So homegirl is a fucking hero as far as I'm concerned. Now, Tiana may have saved her own life as well because after being shot, she laid on the ground and played dead. Now, luckily for her, a lot of Jason's bullets missed his targets. Seven of the bullets went into the house behind her and a few of them lodged into uh, the closet wall a few feet away from where there were three teenagers playing video games. Now, luckily for these teenagers, their closet was full of clutter and just mess, so these bullets were slowed and stopped by all that clutter. See, Mom? See? Clutter saves lives. Telling me to clean my damn room all the fucking time. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I got to tell you, the woman who um, who originally requested the ride was lucky as fuck because she pushed her luck, though. She did because she continued to contact Jason, making sure that he had the right address. And lucky for her, Jason managed to text her back and tell her something came up. Uh, <laughs> you damn right something came up. You just tried to kill a woman and a bunch of kids. I don't know. Maybe it, it's probably time to log out of your Uber app and call it a fucking day. But he didn't do that. Jason Dalton wasn't finished terrorizing the city of Kalamazoo, Michigan. true crime listeners check out our podcast i said goddamn we're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by two besties who like to share messed up cases that make you say goddamn every sunday we try to one-up each other's story by sharing a horrific case the other has never heard of along the way we splash in some wildly inappropriate jokes and colorful language listen every sunday from any of your favorite podcast directories also follow us on twitter at isgd podcast or visit our website isgdpodcast.com If you have not heard the I Said Goddamn podcast yet, you are truly missing out. Aaron, Stacy, this episode goes out to you guys. So let's get back to Jason Dalton terrorizing the city of Kalamazoo, Michigan. So Jason flees the scene, and in doing so, he ended up driving through a red light and hitting another vehicle. Of course, he didn't stop. But the other car called the police to report what happened. And many other witnesses called 911 as well to report the accident. He's already scared the shit out of his first passenger, Matt Mellon, shot at Tiana and the children that she was with, six of them. Now, I'm thinking he didn't care about stopping to exchange insurance information. (laughs) This guy was, I don't know. (laughs) So he finally goes on to meet his wife at uh, his parents' house so that he can get her car. Oh, but so he can get her car. And uh, he told her that his Equinox was hit by a disgruntled taxi driver. And the taxi driver fired a shot at him because he was pissed that Uber was taking away his business, which at the time makes sense it could be possible because taxi drivers and and, uh, and companies like them were losing a lot of money to rideshare companies at this time 2016 is when uber was starting to take off now to be honest i don't see as many taxis as i used to they've pretty much gone extinct like pay phones or dial-up internet service (laughs) so he told his wife that uber was going to handle the situation but it wasn't safe for her to be at the house without a gun so he gave her a nine millimeter gun excuse me i have to drink something my throat was getting dry now um also he supposedly told his wife that he couldn't explain everything and that Um, that they couldn't explain anything that was going on, but it would be on the news. And he even told her that she wasn't to go to work that Monday and the kids weren't supposed to go to school either. So she, uh, you know, she trusted her husband, you know, and she 
that's what she did. She trusted her husband. You trust your spouse. And as your spouse, you, you wouldn't imagine that your husband or your wife would do something like this. It's not something that you're thinking of when they say, stay home, stay safe, you know. So she did as she was told. And he even told her that uh, that he would explain everything. But like I said, he, it would be on the news. So he wasn't going to tell her anything. Now, if this is true... And he told her that this would be on the news later. Then that means that he knew what he was doing was wrong and crazy enough to make the news. So it seems to me, maybe he wanted it to be on the news. I don't know. This whole case makes absolutely no sense. Did he want the notoriety of what he did? Did he want to be remembered? Is this a narcissistic Move. I, I, I honestly don't know. So he then returns home to get another gun. But after he left, he continued to accept Uber ride share request, which is out of I what the fuck. <laughs> now, luckily, none of these passengers were harmed. They didn't even notice anything strange about him. Later, after being questioned, they all said that he was calm. He never seemed erratic, never seemed out of control, just seemed like a normal guy. Now, later that night, he goes to the Kia, to a Kia Kia dealership. He parked his car and walked over to Richard Smith and his 17-year-old son, Tyler, who were shopping for a truck for Tyler. He walked up to them, asked what they were looking at. They turned and said, oh, we're looking at, and then Jason fired 18 shots at them, close range, before they could say anything. Now, unfortunately, both of them died there on the scene. Now, Jason's girlfriend, excuse me, Tyler's girlfriend, uh, the 17-year-old, witnessed the entire ordeal from her boyfriend's father's SUV. She hid on the floor of the car so she wouldn't be seen and waited for Jason to leave. She realized that she forgot her phone at Tyler's house, so she had to go over to his dead body and use the phone that was in his pocket to call for help. Now, Jason, once again, fled the scene. And I have to say, damn, that girl is tough. After witnessing that and still being able to keep yourself together enough to grab your boyfriend's cell phone from his body, I can't even imagine that kind of strength. So about five miles away from the Kia dealership, Jason pulls up to a Cracker Barrel restaurant. There, there were four women sitting inside two different vehicles. Dorothy Brown, age 74, Mary Jo Nye, age 60, Mary Lou Nye, age 62, and Barbara Hawthorne, age 68. Now Jason approached one of these people Uh, one of these people that was seated inside a white van and asked her if she could lend him a dollar to make America great again. Now she said no, and he shot her. He was prepared to run, but heard the screams of the women in the other car. So he then turned the gun on them and fired. He shot and killed all four people inside of both vehicles. He then went home to reload his guns. Now, a couple of witnesses see the shooting and contact authorities immediately, and they note that he seemed extremely calm and not at all erratic. But something happened that no one could imagine. There was a there was a fifth person with these women. 
a 14-year-old girl named Abigail. She was with Barbara Hawthorne and was like a granddaughter to her. Abigail was shot in the head. What Jason didn't know is that when the bullets started flying, Abigail got down on the floor of the car to protect herself. Unfortunately, one of the bullets still found her, but she survived. At the hospital, Abigail's family were there. They were just pretty much at their wits end, understandably, you know, because it didn't look good for their little girl. Not many people survive being shot in the head, but it can happen. They were about to say their final goodbyes and shut off the machines when her mother asked her to give her one last sign that she was still there. Abby squeezed her mother's hand, and this was the moment her mother knew her child was fighting for her life, and there was no way that she was going to give up on her now. She made a recovery after lots of surgery and physical therapy, but like Tiana, young Abigail was a fighter and a hero. Officers respond to the Kia dealership after receiving several 911 calls. Now they realize that there was a connection between the gunfire at the Cracker Barrel and the gunfire that happened uh, with Tiana Carruthers. Now this was the moment that they knew that they had an active shooter running around Kalamazoo. Now police learn what kind of car that he was driving after interviewing the witnesses and they even got security footage from the Kia dealership. The Kalamazoo Department of Public Safety posted a warning to residents on its Facebook page with a description of the shooter and his vehicle. And here is the insane part. While police were looking for him, Jason was still accepting ride requests from Uber passengers. He's just driving around like everything's okay and none of his passengers really suspected anything. You know, a lot of them said that he was very calm. Some of them even got into his car and jokingly said, are you the guy going around shooting people? You know, and uh, Jason would respond no and then take them to their destinations. And I'll be completely honest with you. I definitely would have been one of those people who asked my Uber driver that like I I would have been joking, but like super serious, too, at the same time. (laughs) I got places to be. I probably still would have been taking the Uber, but I don't know. It was probably just conjecture and rumors at that time. So. This jackass was just going around, dropping off people all over the city. But a little after midnight that same day, the Kalamazoo County Sheriff's Police Sergeant saw Jason dropping off three passengers. And I guess something seemed a little off about him because he decided to follow him and request for backup. Now, when backup arrived, they pulled over Jason for a traffic stop and they pulled him out of his car and arrested him. He was wearing a bulletproof vest and they had found a handgun at the back of his waistband. Now that right there lets me know that to me it was premeditated. It's one thing to go crazy and kill a bunch of people but he was prepared and he had a bulletproof vest and in my opinion and he was wearing it. That would say a lot in court. Later on, it was found out that he may have, actually not may have, he did, he visited a gun shop that same morning to purchase things. So I don't know. So there is more to the story, 
But here is when it gets weird and, quite frankly, ridiculous. Now, Jason did admit to the shootings, but he gave an out-of-this-world reason as for why. He claimed that his Uber app possessed him. He said that when he opened the app, the devil would appear. And he said that all all the problems started the moment he pressed the button for the app. Now, he said that the iPhone can take you over, which kind of kind of true. I mean, I, I can't. I'm using my iPhone to record this right now. <laughs> I use it for everything. Now, he said, but I don't see the devil. So we're good there. Now, he said the devil figure had a horned cow head and it will give it would give him an assignment. He claimed that it would literally take over your whole body. Bullshit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Allergies. Um, but come on, man. That's fucking crazy. The old my Uber app made me do it routine. Yeah, I've used it myself in the past. All right. No one ever falls for it. So <laughs> he clearly um, getting his mental insanity defense ready. That's what I feel like, which is not as easy as people think it is. You have to go through months of testing and therapy sessions. I mean, I, I believe it's like 60 days. They do this because if someone is pretending to be crazy, they would have to keep that shit up for like 60 days straight under constant supervision and eventually you will show your true self and uh, he even tried to appear insane during his trial and was literally dragged out of the court as the witness Tiana Carruthers cried on stand I seen him coming and um I um saw it in your cars no. If they gave bags, these old people, they have these old black bags. They're called baby. They're black. They're black bags. And people drive around and look at them. It gets real like, hey, it's time people look. And then that's when you tell people it's time to get to temple. Yeah, you need to get to temple because you need to get going because it's called intimidating bags. You need to be quiet in today's proceedings, okay? If you have anything to say, you whisper to your attorney. That's today's rules, okay? So, Ms. Crothers, are you okay? Or do we need to take a minute? Jason was literally dragged out of the courtroom. Now, the crazy thing is when people who knew Jason were interviewed, they described him as a nice guy and calm and easy to talk to. That's like the stereotypical answer, it seems to be, for the description of a lot of killers. Now, get this. He even had an associate's degree in law enforcement. What the random fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Now, luckily, he uh, never applied to be a police officer, but he did show interest in jobs in Michigan and other nearby states, but uh, did not want to move too far away. And of course, as usual, he crossed off other stereotypical similarities as someone who could commit crimes like this. You know, uh, he had about 13 guns in his home. 11 long guns and four handguns. 
a 9mm Walther P99 semi-automatic handgun that was uh, that had an extended magazine and it was found inside of Jason's car. Now, it was suspected that uh, this gun was used during uh, his last two shootings. Now, they also believe a 9mm Glock 19 semi-automatic handgun was used in the first shooting, which makes sense because, as I said before, he went home to get another gun. Is it me or did I just, I sounded sexy as fuck saying those guns. Listen, listen, listen. A 9mm Walther P99 semi-automatic handgun. 9mm Glock 19. Mm. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Many people do, uh, do things during court like he did. Like he did his best. And even during his interview, he did his best to get together an insanity defense. But as I said before, it is extremely difficult to pretend to be crazy, especially when they're when they are monitoring you 24 hours a day. However, it was ruled by the Michigan Center for Forensic Psychiatry that he was indeed competent to stand trial. And let me just say, it really pisses me off when people try to use the insanity defense to get away with a crime they've committed. Because when when you do that, you put a stigma behind people who actually have you know, mental disabilities or, or issues like that. And the public becomes afraid of them because they don't understand. So when assholes like that, dangerous people who are just fucking dangerous <laughs> are making these choices when they try to use a mental insanity defense, it's it hurts it hurts more people than they think. And I just it pisses me off. But I just want to say that. So <laughs> By the way, uh, shout out to uh, to Elena and uh, Kaylin from the State of Crime podcast. I've heard them make this discussion many times on their podcast, and I 100% agree with them. Shout out, ladies. Okay, so anyways, getting back to it. Jason Dalton was charged with 16 counts, okay? Two counts of assault with intent to commit murder, six counts of murder, and eight counts of using a firearm during the commission of a felony. Now, all super fucking serious charges, in case you weren't aware. (laughs) Now, of course, his lawyers did everything they could to get him off, lessen his charges, or have him him admitted to a um, hospital instead of a prison, a mental hospital instead of a prison. So, of course, this trial took fucking years, (laughs) tons of money to have it, and uh, it started February 22nd, 2016, and he finally pleaded guilty on January 7th, 2019, which was just last year. So the very next uh, month, February 5th, 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And uh, he was currently, uh, he is currently in the Oaks Correctional Facility that's located in uh, Manistee Township, Michigan. Now, again, if you're from that area, hey, isn't this crazy? Oh, my God. Ken, oh, my God. There's a serial killer living in your town. Okay. <laughs> uh, so take a listen to this prison call that Jason made to his mother. Um, this, is, this is coming from Wood TV8's YouTube channel. This is a call from... Jason Dalton. I'm very sorry for all the trouble that I've caused. I just wanted you to know that... Uh, they won't uh, allow me to respectfully bow out or take anything. 
they want to have a child no matter what with life coverage. I just, I just, I just wanted you to know that that it's 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 not driven by me. It's and it's not driven by my the my you know my defense attorney. It's you know they they simply it seems to be something between the judge and the prosecutor that they're that they're wanting to go forward with it and they they want to. They find a thing allowing it to be filmed like the OJ trial. Why don't we just get a red and white circus tent and put it up in front of the clubhouse and get a couple rings and let me be a dancing monkey for everybody because that's exactly the way I feel about it. it it's over. I stopped it. It's, it's over. I stopped this circus train. I didn't want to, to agree to being premeditated because that day, I did not set out that day to premeditate to do anything like that at all. Well, hopefully my neighbor's dog will continue to shut the fuck up as I finish this out. <laughs> but let's just, you know, this whole, this whole case is just insane you know to to this day nobody really knows or understands why Jason did what he did there are of course a lot of conspiracy theories and if you want to go into reddit or any of those other uh, wormholes good luck to you but of course as they say there's always three parts to every story you know their side your side and the truth I think He's just someone who decided to be or wanted to be recognized and remembered. Now, I'm not a psychologist of any sorts, clearly, but (laughs) I think that he maybe he just got bored with his life, you know, and wanted to be remembered. I I don't know. Maybe he he snapped something triggered that happened. I, I have no idea. I say this because even even if he okay, he even told his wife that he was going to be on the news. That right there, to me, shows a bit of narcissism in him. I don't know if he said this in pride, because obviously I I wasn't there, but (laughs) that just seems like a weird thing to say. I mean, he did things in court that gained him attention. He said things that wowed and confused people. A possessed ride share app? Come on, man. Either that or he's just as crazy as those girls who committed the slender man stabbings which i might have to do an episode on in the future but let's not let's also not forget that he specifically said that the that he saw the devil inside of the app okay now maybe when you think about it he's at the right age to have lived during the 70s 80s uh, you know as a as a young teen or adult uh, and experience the satanic panic. Now, the satanic panic is like this moral panic that's characterized by allegations of satanic rituals. Like if people do something horrible, like sacrifice a living creature, and then they claim that they're doing it for a spiritual cause that is usually on the demonic and or dark side. So <laughs> mass hysteria Uh, was another description for it. For instance, the Charles Manson murders, the Charlie Manson murders is a perfect example uh, of satanic panic. But, you know, the late 70s throughout the early 90s, the satanic panic was all over the United States. 
And I mean, this was a time where Ouija boards got super popular because of the movie Exorcist. And then we have all the the waves of like the clown scares. Like, remember those? We actually discussed that in a past episode during the Wrinkles the Clown episode. People around the country, uh, and not even the, the world, dressed up as horrifying clowns scaring the shit out of people. You know, pretty much anything, pretty much any time anything terrible happened, someone would blame it on cults or worshipers of the devil. It's it was a new it was it was literally the new blame black people for everything like way like (laughs) I don't know maybe maybe Jason wanted in on all of that I don't know yeah this is crazy it is super crazy I mean I want to know what you guys think you know tweet me on Twitter at true smiles uh true smiles jones on Twitter that information is down in the show notes as well I I don't know how I just there's a lot of things I don't understand and I guess it's probably good that I don't because if I did I'd probably be more like Jason (laughs) wow so we're gonna take a little small break and I will be right back what up ladies and gents I've got some dope-ass news that I need to drop on your domes real quick. I just downloaded this dope app called World's Greatest Videos. It allows you to create amazing videos and gives you the opportunity to win cash prizes. So join me in the global video contest. Download the app World's Greatest Videos. Upload videos of your choice and shoot your shot to win some cash. There's nothing to lose and only fun to gain. Of course, since this incident, Uber has taken safety measures to prevent or aid in situations like this. Now, after the shootings, the residents of Kalamazoo were furious, pissed off because there was never an active shooter alert sent to the residents, which is completely understandable. I'd be mad too, because they're all just running around the city like everything is okay, but there's an active shooter running around. So the, um, so an emergency alert system was created by Michigan Live six days after the shooting. There was a legislation for the statewide warning system that was introduced as well. It would give information, pretty much any information about uh, an active shooter type situation or other types of emergencies. So, so pretty much law enforcement agencies would send information uh, to the Michigan State Police and they would then text messages to the residents. And it's very, very similar to the Amber Alert System text messages that we receive today. Now, the Michigan Senate approved the legislation and sent it to the governor for consideration. Governor Schneider signed the legislation on June 24th, 2016. Now, this is just a few months after the shooting. So, obviously, uh, Fuck Jason Dalton, goddamn Peter Griffin looking ass bitch. Had to get that out. Although, although it's very annoying that he only got life without the possibility of parole. But even if they put him on death row, chances are they wouldn't kill him anyway. Death row inmates usually end up sitting on death row until they die of natural causes, take their own lives, or they were killed in prison. Either way it goes, you and I are stuck paying taxes to keep these assholes alive 
and it sucks, but at the same time, it's bittersweet because this this practice also allows um, sometimes it does help people who were wrongfully convicted, you know, gives them a chance to fight their, you know, fight their charges. So it's like, you know, catch 22. <sighs> Emotions. Now, if there is anything that you can take from this podcast episode, it's save up some money and get a car. Okay. Because fuck. All right. <laughs> Professionally silly life rules, guys. But no, seriously, be very careful when you use Uber shares or uh, excuse me, ride share apps or anything like that. And the same thing goes for, you know, um, for the for the drivers, you know, same thing for you guys who we could be crazy too. passengers are insane. We're all human. So everyone be careful, maybe screenshot, you know, the information of uh, what kind of car you're in and who your driver is and all that and send it to a friend just to be on the safe side. I uh, I certainly hope that you guys enjoyed this weird, creepy-ass episode about the Uber killer here on the Professionally Silly Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and shout out to YouTube's Kendall Ray uh, for her take on the Uber killer. Uh, also, M Live, ABC News, CBS This Morning, and Wood TV 8, those YouTube channels for the sound bites that we use. And, uh, of course, Wikipedia, which is where information of everything lives. <laughs> By the way, if you can, uh, please donate to the Wikipedia site. It is a nonprofit site that has survived off of donations for years. And you motherfuckers know damn well at one point in your lives, you plagiarized using their information. Okay, <laughs> They educate us and satisfy our curiosity. So let's go ahead and do that. I donated $5, but you can donate more or less if you want. Let's just... Let's keep America's favorite online encyclopedia alive. All right, guys. And no, this is not a paid thing. I'm doing it because, I mean, let's be honest, even the podcast, YouTube videos, everything you enjoy, most people get the information from Wikipedia. So let's work together to keep them doing their thing and entertaining us via content creators. All right. So if you could... Please show your girl some support by leaving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a written review, of course. And obviously, the more reviews I get, the better chances that my little podcast can probably make it to some charts or a top top five list or some shit. All right, maybe like top one million list, whatever. But I want to be on a list. <laughs> and it does make me easier to find. Also, if you guys uh, want to, uh, actually, no, do this. If there is a podcast that you like, that you love, you listen to it all the time, you know, I'm saying, even if you just discovered it and you love it, do that podcast or a favor and leave them a five-star review for their podcast as well. We love that shit, man. Makes us feel all warm and tingly inside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not to mention, guys, there are a lot of kick-ass podcasts out there. All right. So this this quarantine isn't stopping us content creators. Nah, son. Nah, we can create from anywhere. All we need is your support. So uh, help us get our content out there. Also, if you um, have any stories that you want to share, ghost stories, true crime stories, aliens, confessions, embarrassing moments, what have you, uh, send them in. I'm hoping to eventually do a listener story episode in the future. So, oh, and you can be anonymous if you want to. So that's cool as well. Just let me know in the email. Hit me up at ambersmilesjones at gmail.com. But coming soon will be an email for this podcast. And fingers crossed, you know what I'm saying? An Instagram. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. 
So thank you guys so much for joining me this week and every week, which it does mean the flipping world to me. Make sure you guys check out the show notes for more bonus information like my social media stuff. I've got world's greatest videos. I've also got, excuse me, I've got TikTok, Instagram. I got all kinds of fun stuff. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Also, you don't want to miss out on my YouTube channel, which is also called Professionally Silly. I have lots of fun over there. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out as well. Subscribe to your girl, click the like button, all of that, all of that fun, fun, happy stuff. All right. Help, help your girl grow. Help your girl grow. Once again, I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. Please feel free to call in about any episode of Professionally Silly that you've heard through the Anchor app, or you can call slash text my Google voice number for a chance to be featured on my podcast, 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. Until next time, my loves, watch where you step, okay? Because there's pieces of shit everywhere. And if you're all caught up on the silly, check out these dope-ass podcast promos from a few of my favorite podcasts. Dumb and Busted has been called, quote, one of America's greatest treasures by three out of three hosts of the show. Dumb and Busted is a weekly true crime comedy podcast with stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes. Comedian Hunter Donaldson has hailed it as the greatest thing to come out of Portland since comedian Hunter Donaldson, who is me, also a host of the show. Podcasters Allison Copeland and Hannah Ether praise Dumb and Busted as, quote, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just more rave reviews from two other people who host the show. Catch us every Thursday and follow us at Dumb and Busted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Crime you later! Hey, gamer. My trusted companion, confidant, slash spirit animal. I don't know if I can convey to the audience how great this podcast is within 60 seconds. Wait, what? I mean, yeah, it's called the OD Podcast because all the information and things you may learn here may cause you overdose. What? I mean, yeah, if you come here with an open mind, heart, perspective, you'll leave with everything plus some laughter. Yeah. What? What'd you say? I mean, yeah, we talk about everything under the sun, around the sun, and in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Huh? What? And yeah, it's a perfect place to work on your verbal roundhouses. Damn it, I chose wisely. You heard him here, folks, all right? Here at the OD Podcast, where doses may vary, you get everything you need to become a better person and less of a jerk, all right? Come join us. We promise you'll learn and leave with something amazing. We love you. Come stay with us. I'm your host, Taylor Renee. And I'm Isaiah. We're back. We're still fat, and we still have fucking opinions. And I also struggle with skinny jeans specifically because a lot of times men's skinny jeans, the calf to ankle ratio on skinny jeans 
is really important. If you have to constantly tell someone that you're not a liar, mm-hmm. chances are you lie a lot. So I could see how you would get to if you have to constantly say you love your body, chances are you don't love it. Mm-hmm. But you also have to think about how large bodies are seen in society right. and how we would need to kind of overcompensate with mm-hmm. us telling you that we do love our bodies because it's hard to believe at first. It's not my goal to inconvenience you by being fat. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to make that clear. It's like when you have leftovers in the fridge and you come home from work ready to eat your leftovers just to find out that that bitch-ass nigga sleeping in your bed ate your leftovers. I want to say shake and go wigs, you know, when it says it on the package that you take it out and you shake it and then you go, does that say mean that you should do that? It means that you, you know, should put some time and energy into crafting this wig so that it feels good and it looks good on your head. Welcome to Fat People with Opinions, bitch. You shouldn't ever call me a fat ass Kelly Price.